The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Sunranto Show is brought to you by all of our Patreon subscribers. Find out more about how you can listen to The Sunranto Show early and also ad-free at patreon.com slash S-O-N-R-A-N-T-O, that's Sunranto. And um, it's also brought to you uh, with ads by my bookie. And um, now I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when you're putting money on it. See, sometimes I just have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team just because they're my team, which is actually usually usually how it goes down for a guy like me. I just bet on the Cubs if I think they're going to win. If not, I don't bet. But my bookie is where you need to go to bet, whether you've been betting for years or you're just ready to play for the first time because my bookie is your best bet. If you're the kind of guy who likes to, you know, bet a little, win a lot, you can do a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are the perfect way to do it because they let you bet multiple games together, then you get a much bigger payout, smarty pants. So if you're going to bet this season, uh, do the smart thing, go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team, the Cubs, this season, don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with MyBookie.ag. And if you join now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code CHAIR. It activates the offer. That's promo code CHAIR. And you double your cash. So visit MyBookie.ag today. And remember what they say. You play and you win. Then you get paid. Here's the show. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins Sitting in the bleachers in the rain We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game Let's go Cubby Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento Michael Cotton Sunrento and the lovable Lucy Lucho Scali Michael Sunrento Coming to you on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday in January, Yerry, Yerry. I've never done a low one like that, and I may never do another one. That hurt. Well, good, <clears throat> good. <laughs> it's going to hurt as much as this cub season's going to hurt. So it's very appropriate that you would start with some pain. It, yeah, it doesn't hurt as much as we've been dealing with in this offseason. Holy shit. Nope. At least in the in the regular season, we can watch games and see them suck instead of just this, like, assuming they're going to suck and not being able to tell what's going on. Yeah. Instead, it just sucks, and there's not even baseball to watch. No, um, everything sucks right now. So At uh, least the Vikings lost, and hopefully the Packers lose today. And then, you know, at least we don't have to deal with, like, those fucking fan bases, you know, being in the Super Bowl or something. So welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. Uh, you just heard the voice of uh, Michael Cotton out there in Colorado. Yeah. Cotton. 
Ah, cotton. Literally high because you live in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, I uh, we are at a, a, a mile high in my town. So they say. I, I might actually possibly be below sea level. <laughs> even <laughs> even even on the third floor of my apartment, I could be below sea level here in Chicago. And of course, uh, fresh from uh, Club 400, we've got Creepy Crawlies Hiding under rocks and Creepy Crawlies Living in a tree. Hi. Well, why do I feel like nobody comes out of Club 400 fresh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, not a yeah. Well, on I, Friday, I, I took about three naps yesterday, so I am feeling fresher today. Yeah, you you, you got that douche. You douched. You massengilled. Got that fresh yeah. feeling. Got that fresh feeling. Like I said, a bunch of binge watching, some football, and, and just a, like I said, a couple siestas in between, and I feel much better now. So before we get to the club four hundred, uh, you know, high jinks, and uh, of that was Mitch Williams out there on Friday night. I want to say that there's a, an event coming up, the unconventional. Uh, it, it's going up against Bingo at Cubs Convention on January 18th, Saturday. And we're throwing this with, uh, of course, the Ivy Envy podcast, who, with every single show that the Sun Ranto show uh, records, is uh, overtaking. IVNV as the world's longest running Cubs podcast. But for now, they're still throwing events with us at G Man uh, Tavern just north of Wrigley. Uh, this is on Saturday at 6 30 p.m. is when we'll get started. The festivities will begin at 7 with Corey and Andrew and Tawny. Tawny's band, and I'd forget the name of the drummer, but um, they're playing at 7. Date night is what they're called. We're going to do a live uh, rant around table Cubs podcast with Sarah Sanchez and Andy Cruz uh, and Vanacek. That's her last name. Andy Cruz Vanacek. Uh, Joe Kilgallen, who's a comedian, very funny guy. Evan Altman's going to be there. Uh, Michael Cerami from uh, Bleacher Nation and uh, Outside the Ivy. And I think that's all we need. That's all we need, right? That's plenty of fucking opinions. <laughs> that's, that's a good crew you got there. Yeah. So it'll be good. Oh, it's all star. Start to finish. There's not yep. one person in there who wouldn't be in the Cubs blogger Hall of Fame right now. Um, Bleacher Bump Band's going to play. And um, this now this is the fun stuff. Bring a white elephant Cubs gift. Uh, it, just something fun for us to all do exchange and unwrap. But, um, I'm bringing a Damon Berryhill autographed uh, autograph. I, I'm also, I have a little Cubs plaque that's going to be in there. Actually, that might be in the uh, thrift sale, but I dug it out of my mom's basement. It's from the 80s. It's like wood, just says Cubs. It's good shape. Um, anyway, uh, bring wrap something up. We're going to exchange gifts. Uh, we'll have some raffles. I got the Pedro Strope bobblehead that was uh, donated by Crawley. And we're going to have uh, the rummage sale, which this Cubs plaque's going to be in that I have. And we're just going to have a bunch of shit out there that you might like. Or um, if you have something like... A shirt that doesn't fit that somebody gave you or a jersey that you're done with or but it's still in good shape bring it on out uh, yeah maybe you bought your wife a pair of those cubs thong underwear and she just refuses to wear them yeah because you because you won't stop singing let me see that thong 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 and she's like i hate <laughs> or, that fucking or maybe song. she's just worn them too much i don't know bring them in yeah bring them on in yeah, i mean <laughs> hey that's Wrap them up. I, I don't know about the used one. If preferably, if she refused to wear it, I don't know about the used yeah. one. Like, <laughs> used used underwear. Uh, yeah. No, don't bring those. And yeah, don't uh, don't don't bring the used stuff. There's a Japanese uh, website that you could sell that on somewhere. Yeah. I'm, let me emphasize the stuff with tags on it 
that you don't like might be uh, might be more appropriate. But people <laughs> might not have that stuff. But anyway, we're gonna have a little bucket there. Throw in what yeah, you think it's if worth. If it doesn't we're, have tags, don't you want to put that into the uh, the the garage sale you're doing? That's what I'm saying. That's the garage sale. Yeah, the, you know, yeah, and uh, so just like if you, well, no tags or no tags, like good shape, good shape merchandise. I'm and I'm opening it up to like you know memorabilia and shit. Although I'm really opening up a can of worms there because a lot of people think their shit is worth something and it's not. It's Ooh, a piece of fucking we, plastic junk, and nobody wants it. You're gonna it just make give me more shit to do and throw away your garbage. We kind of went through that a little bit last year, didn't we? Oh hell yeah, dude! I got fucking two full, like three foot by three foot boxes full of all sorts of treasures. Yep. <laughs> treasures upon treasures. It was interesting, but uh, yeah. I don't know if that person listened to the show, so I'm not going to... You know, right, I don't know. But um, anyway, it's it's free to come, or like $20 suggested donation, because we are try- are trying to raise money for the Bleacher Bum Band uh, to pay for our studio space and get this record done. We've been uh, working on it. We've been rehearsing all week. We've been rehearsing in there. So it just helps us out. And uh, Yeah, give some goddamn money. Yeah, because let's face it, like musicians is not the most uh, lucrative field to go into unless you're like, you know, Aerosmith. <laughs> right. <laughs> you got me Aerosmith. It, I'm working on it, but you know. Right. What, you know it's not going, you know you're not making a lot of money when uh, you're doing podcasting as a side gig to raise more money. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, how little money it is. <laughs> there's really no middle class in within musicians. Like you're either a uh, hustler like me always trying to break through in some way and like a you know twenty dollars here twenty dollars there or you're aerosmith like there's no like middle ground but I, i'm not complaining i mean right there, fun. there used to be there used to be the side session guys well they you still imagine got, they, if there was still like a really lucrative side session business out there well you know there was and in my lifetime, and I did have some of those gigs. I mean, not to get totally off the rails here, but like commercials used to be union jobs within Screen Actors Guild where you would sing, you know, like I've sung on like Wendy's commercials and stuff like that, you know, um, and or no Taco Bell. That's what it was. I did. A- anyway, I've, I've sung on actually a lot of shit and they used to pay union uh, rates. All those gigs went non-union. So it used to be kind of a thing, and it still is a thing if you don't join the union. <laughs> so I'm already in the union, so I can, there's nothing I can do except for just watch all those like $500 here, $500 there gigs go go on by, which I would really love to have because that's a lot of money, you know what I mean? But right. anyway, that's the state of um, our libertarian free market society. So come and participate in it at G-Man Tavern <laughs> on uh, Saturday. And um, come on out. That uh, anything else? Uh, oh yeah, the calendars are finished. I, ho- I hope yeah. everybody likes them. Uh, you guys are getting them. Uh, I'm going to bring some to CubsCon. I'm going to send the rest out, and uh, you should you'll get them before February when they start because they start in February. But I hope you like them. I put a lot more pictures of like all of us in them. That's cool. The ranters, you know, just because every people sent me stuff, and Crawley, you sent me a bunch of great stuff, and I was like, you know what? People love seeing pictures of themselves with other people. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was able to find that Billy Cub picture. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that the one you sent? <laughs> yeah, my I yeah I, I put my kids in there, but I put like them as, 
as little i didn't have any good ones of them as like older kids at games but you know i got one of my oldest son posing with billy cub yeah that's fucking vintage he could say i've been a fan since billy cub was there (laughs) that's fucking huge um you're like was that right before he punched a guy out in a bar or Uh, or right after he peed uh, in that alley, right, right by the firehouse. So um, I actually saw him get changed there one time. I have a video of it somewhere. I was like standing up in the Wrigley Field corner, like right in the left field corner, and I'm like, "Is that Billy Cub behind a dumpster?" <laughs> and it was. It was his head was off, so I could tell right away. He was like getting himself together, and it looked like he was peeing in the alley, but he wasn't. I was just made that part up. But anyway. Poor Billy Cub, out of a job for how long now? And uh, last announcement, two more weeks of the White Plague at Trapdoor Theater here in Chicago. Um, And I know that uh, Corey Finneran and Andrew Round and their wives are going to go there and see the play on uh, Friday the 17th, uh, which is this coming Friday. So if you want to meet the famous Finnerans and Rounds at a theater, (laughs) then you could go uh, on Friday. Uh, Too bad it's not Kiss a Ginger Day on Friday. I know. Dude, that would have been the show. That would have been pre-show. Be like, show up at 7, <laughs> half hour of uh, kissing booth with Corey. You, you know, I was thinking about it. You, you know, kissing booths are disgusting and are also, um, they were still a thing when we were young. Oh, yeah. Kind of. I mean, they, they fell off the cliff quick. But... They, were, they were major plot points in 1980s movies. I mean, did you ever have, I mean, I kind of remember having one. Um, not, not that I was in it or like think. Yeah, I think I've seen one. I have never partaken in any because I think I was a little bit young. I feel like. I like know. I was a little bit young to be like, ooh, I want to kiss that girl. I th- I think my high school had might have had one. I have to ask some people I went to high school with whether we ever did anything so disgusting like that. But anyway, I was just thinking about kissing booths because it was Kiss a Ginger Day today, which I mean I'm kind of redheaded. <laughs> I mean, you're just looking. You're out with a sigh. I'm kind of redheaded. Yeah. Hey, Don't kiss me. Yeah, if about two o'clock today, I'm going to be heading on over to the uh, Montrose and Broadway Jewel. If anybody wants to <laughs> to kiss me. Um, all right, let's get into it. Club 400, uh, Mitch Williams, uh, me and Crawley were both out there. Uh, and in the morning, Stuart was like, hey, will you do the Q&A with me, to, with Mitch? And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So, um, you know, I spent the day pretty much uh, looking up Mitch Williams' uh, facts and stuff about his career and whatnot and um man what a what an interesting dude he, what a dry kind of salty i don't know what what was your impression crawley let me i I'd, i'm curious to see what you thought from the audience because i'm up there trying to think of what i'm going to say next while listening you know i thought he was an interesting cat he, he was quirky is the best way i would describe him he, he was, was kind of like a quirky guy he was up there you, you know he had uh some skull or whatever he chose like shoved up his upper lip like right in the front in front of his in back you know by his front teeth and he just spit in this red solo cup that had a like a napkin in the bottom 
So as I was looking at his dip spit half the fucking time (laughs) up on that, I was a little higher up than him too. I think, I think my chair was higher and I was like looking down at this fucking dip cup of Mitch Williams, which is surreal by the way. But yeah, he was quirky. He stuck to a lot of his stories that you could find of him, like on YouTube on the Dan Patrick show about like calling Sandberg cheap and being friends with Dunstan. And, you know, obviously, um, I mean, I think the highlight was making Crawley, Crawley came over uh, to the hotel room, uh, which I got for free from uh, Dave Arnold because, it, unfortunately, he couldn't come because of the weather. And he's like, hey, I already paid for this hotel. Anybody want it? And I was like, boom. And I took the free hotel, which was right by Club 400. So I didn't have to drive in this crap. And um, <laughs> so you didn't Craw- have to lose your car the next morning either. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to when Crawley lost his car. <laughs> <laughs> They've so, made a whole movie out of that premise, and it happened. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Dave, uh, you know, he gave me the hotel room, so I, I check in there around 4 o'clock. Crawley comes over. Well, first, actually, Crawley, but well, you had a rough uh, weekend, actually, because first you went to the wrong hotel. He goes to oh, there, there, Holiday two, Inn. There's, there's two Holiday Inns by Stewart's, and they're both within 10 minutes of his house. Yeah. Just one's further east, one's further west. Yeah. And so usually a lot of us from Club 400, we go to this one specific Holiday Inn hotel, and that's where I thought Danny was. Like, you know, like when you assume what they say, uh, I saw the Holiday Inn that Dave was giving away, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna, so Danny's going to be with us too because a bunch of us get hotels there. And it just turned out that it was the wrong hotel. So I, I go to Danny's room. I'm like, all right, man, give me your room number. Okay, 228. I go up to 228 and I'm just banging on the door. I'm like, oh, what is God. he doing in there? I'm like, number two or something? You're, you're <laughs> like, shit or something. And then, and then all of a sudden, Danny's like, dude, you're not here. I'm like, I know where I am. I'm here. Just turned out I was in the wrong hotel. So then I had to drive to the other hotel. Yeah. So that, that's how the night started. Well, <laughs> luckily there wasn't somebody in that room just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, you could have got your fucking lights <laughs> fucking uh, turned out. Well, but- I'm sitting there too and I'm driving and, 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 you know, I, I, when I go to club 400, I, I like, like Cubs con, I traditionally ask the first question. So I always try to kind of make it something good. And so I started doing some research like Danny into Mitch Williams. And I, I keep seeing this story and I remembered it briefly, but this bad blood between Lenny Dykstra and Mitch Williams. Oh, it's huge. Like, like it's this beef that's gone on a while. And there's a video of them almost getting in a fight at an autograph signing and, and, and all this stuff. Oh, I've, so I've got, the well there was a roast did you watch the roast i watched the roast yep oh wow <laughs> and that's where you wonder if they're like like doing a pro wrestler kind of hey let's beef up this beef between us right like a like a andy kaufman jerry lawler type mm-hmm. thing you know if it's a bit or something you have no idea so i'm sitting there and if you've ever seen the bleacher bum band and yes support you know help them support their album but they have a song that's called rock the casbah but it's fuck the Cardinals, fuck the Cardinals. So I thought it'd be funny to kind of have something similar, except fuck Lenny Dykstra, fuck. So I have this brilliant idea. I drive to the hotel and Danny shoots it down. <laughs> yeah, so- I was like, that didn't work. <laughs> and then I'm like, but let's do something. So I, uh, and you know, this is kind of how I work. I think of like the rhyme, you know, so, so it like fits well. So, you know, Lenny Dykstra, everybody was Kung Fu fighting. So I'm like, let's do Kung Fu fighting. It's two chords. We can knock that out real quick. So we sat in the hotel room and like bounce lyrics off of each other until it made us laugh. And then we wrote them down. And yeah, I mean, and I haven't, re- we have to record it now for Mitch. Should, should I sing a little bit of it? Yeah, go ahead. Sing right, it. I've I've got the sheet, the original lyric sheet. Maybe I should put this in the uh, the raffle. 
No, nobody, <laughs> nobody fucking wants this. It's got Rob Manfred uh, hates baseball on the back. Um, so it's um, oh, it, it's like a, a B side. It's a B side, yeah. Definitely a B side, yeah. So it's everybody hates Lenny Dykstra. Do, 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 do. Mitch Williams wants to fight you. Do, 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 do. Lenny's missing teeth so he can't bite you. Mitch Williams doesn't like you. Then it goes to the verse. Dykstra talks a lot of shit, and Mitch ain't down with it. Lenny is a total fail. He even went to jail. And then the other verse is, Lenny is a drunk, and so he lost his house. And then he lost his dentures when they fell out of his mouth. <laughs> Which so, is based, all this stuff is based on truth. Like we yeah. were like Googling Lenny Dykstra stuff. Yeah. And he literally, they caught him one time in a dumpster looking for his dentures. Oh God, he is, he is an absolute mess of a human being. He's a human train wreck. So, yeah. so the way it works when you go to Club 400, you know, everyone's having a couple of drinks and then Mitch is upstairs and then he comes down and everybody greets him. And so you have a photo line. Everybody goes in line and takes a picture in front of, there used to be a really beautiful Cubs logo in front of the VIP entrance at Wrigley Field behind the Ernie Banks statue. They took that down and now it's in Club 400. Uh, Stewart managed to get that and it's down in there. And so you take a picture against the wall there and then you do autographs. And so Stu kind of talks to Danny and says, okay, I want you to play Wild Thing because everybody knows Wild Thing. And I want you to play the Club 400 theme song for their podcast. And then, uh, you know, what that new song that you and Crawley did, I have, like I said, I have no idea. Is this real beef between Mitch and Lenny or is this just kind of like a bit? And so here comes Mitch Williams. He's standing in front and, and Danny calls me up to, to sing. And, and John Benedict's they're playing keyboards, who's just phenomenal. Oh, yeah. He co- I mean, man, John, he just can improvise. I mean, he's a jazz improvise dude and he's young, too. And, he, and I can just yell at him like, E. See, you know, and he's just there and he figures it out. He knows it by the end of the song. He knows the song. He's and incredible. so we sit there and we start breaking it. Ho, 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 you know, the whole intro. And, and Mitch is kind of looking at us. And then all of a sudden when those, you know, everybody hates Lenny Dykstra. Right, that comes out. Mitch's jaw drops and he kind of keels over halfway laughing. He whips out his phone and starts recording it. And he tells us if, if uh, you know, if if you put that on CD, I'll buy 150 copies. Yeah, and well, we'll just give it to him for free, like through email, <laughs> because it's easier yeah. that way. But yet yeah, he could send it to 150 friends. Is unfortunately how this is all going to go. I can't sell him. Uh, what's his Carl Douglas? Carl Douglas. Yeah, yeah, I can't sell him a Carl Douglas song, but um, but I can give it to him. So you can you can give it to him on email and then say, by the way. You could support my band with like, yeah. I don't know. Would you buy 150 copies of the Bleacher Pump Band album? How about that? Yeah. No, I mean Mitch was great. Uh, and and what what I loved is like when he fell over when we went. Everybody hates Lenny Dykstra. It reminded me of the way he fell over after pitching. <laughs> you know, it was like the same move. He was just like down. On fell his, to the third base side. Yeah, fell to the third base side. But. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, we had an interesting conversation, and after that, um, you know, Mitch Mitch came up, and me and Stuart kind of talked to him for a little bit, and I couldn't believe that he actually lives, and he does a radio show in Philadelphia, where he fucking lost the World Series. He gave up the home run to Joe Carter, and that's where the beef between him and Lenny Dykstra started. You know, you never... 
as a ball player, you win together, you lose together, you never point fingers. And uh, over the years, Lenny Dykstra's talked a lot of shit about blaming Mitch Williams for the Phillies losing the World Series. Yeah, and also another fucking winner from that team, Kurt fucking Schilling. He he used to cover his uh, his head with a towel when Mitch pitched, and Mitch fucking hated him for it. And I heard him on the Dan Patrick show saying, I'm, I'm not going to forgive that guy for that. Fuck him. Fuck Kurt Schilling. And he really feels like Kurt Schilling, Lenny Dykstra, all those motherfuckers are terrible people. But that team also had John Cruck, another fucking bruiser. I mean, what a, I mean, that team. And then you got Mitch Williams, who's like pretty outspoken. I've already talked about like the dip and, you know, scream. I mean, I, should I play a little bit of this fucking fight? Between Lenny Dykstra and Mitch Williams. <laughs> I have it here, like, all queued up. Here. Go for it, man. All right, l- listen to this. In front of God. He's fucking shit In your life. Let me start from the beginning. Here we go. one time. This is Mitch. In your life. In front of God and everybody. Tell them why you were so upset. I gave up a home run to lose the World Series. I wasn't upset about you. That's Lenny. I mean, because you didn't get the MVP. Do you think I tried less hard? <laughs> okay, this is this is how fucking stupid this guy is. <laughs> no, I mean really, like, like. This is just Dude, rough. You think I give a fuck about the MVP? Yes. No. I know you. Know what you. I give a fuck about one thing. Anybody that played with me. I mean, it seems like a real beef. Knows how the game works. You still don't know. You don't know the fuck. Doesn't it seem real? Yeah, oh, it's totally real. I mean, what that, roast was this? Oh, you got to check it out. Sports. It, it, was, it wasn't a roast. I think it was just these guys were meeting together. Like, wasn't it the old Phillies just kind of getting together, kind of like a Cubs con type thing? Well, it said, no, it's, it was like just part of a crazy night at the second annual Sports Roast Philadelphia. So the, the guests of honor were Lenny Dykstra and Mitch Williams. And I think they really don't like each other. And then they just got a lot of money to go on stage and fucking air it. And then there, there's this. Um, let Mitch Williams here. Can't really hear it. He just eventually he's like, that was fucked up what you said out there. This is after it. It's okay, go ahead. Dude, it's on camera. All you do is run your fucking head. All you do is run your fucking head. Is what he said to him. You saw that too. That little. Anyway, that's boring. Sorry for playing that. Right. But yeah, I mean, usually there is a subject, but it's weird that the subject would be each other. Those two, and then you. Yeah, that's that's an odd roast, and not funny at all. No, I mean, dude, I mean, it has to be uncomfortable, but people were probably pretty excited to see it. Well, yeah, I mean, the crowd, I mean, it's in Philadelphia. So, I mean, those fans, I mean, see, they're going to Mitch Williams is the perfect guy to have a radio shot there because he's just going to be out there unabashedly telling it like it is. So does Dykstra do that? You know, that shillings like that motherfucker. And so, like, Philly eats that up with a spoon because they're proud to be fucking assholes out there. You know what I mean? And so, you know, that's his shtick. And. Mitch tries to be like the good guy too, which I think he is a good guy. He seemed like, I mean, you know, he, he, he wasn't going around like, like I think Lenny Dykstra would at a party like that, like fucking grabbing asses and shit. You know what I mean? Well, when, uh, again, there's another time that there was an autograph signing at a mall and it was, uh, Lenny Dykstra and Darren Dalton were there. Okay. 
And uh, Lenny and Darren were saw, were signing, and they were kind of finishing up. And Mitch was coming in. Mitch comes and you know shakes hands with, with Dalton, who's one of his teammates. And then Dykstra tries to shake hands with Williams, and Williams kind of shoves him away. It, it, it's another one that's on YouTube that you could find. It's just un, he just really dislikes him. Yeah, well, I mean, Dykstra is a fucking asshole. But he'll also say, and he said it at Club 400, that Dykstra is one of the most talented baseball players he ever played with, too. Like, his, his baseball acumen was incredible. And, um, and then I th- thought the most interesting thing that we talked about, which does seem like to have a generational divide to it, and it's interesting because I talked with a, this guy, Brian Freese, at Club 400, uh, who works with Rachel Folden and used to have a company with John Malley. And so he's like way deep into the hit lab computer shit. And Mitch Williams, on the other hand, uh, he's like, he's like, uh, the biggest problem with baseball is all the fucking nerds running it, is what he said. He's like, pitchers need to throw every single day. Pitch counts are stupid as fuck. I mean, he pretty much used those exact words while spitting dip into a cup. <laughs> so old school player, man. I mean, it is, he is what he is. Definitely old school, but there's a term that he used that Danny and I both kind of talked about the following morning. He talked about paralysis by analysis. That's what it was. I got to write that down. Paralysis by analysis. And what he believes is that a lot of these players are just getting over inundated with information and the stuff that made them successful to get to the big leagues is kind of just getting completely like thrown out of whack and the, the best example that he gave was, you know, he's like, I'm in Philly. Reese Hopkins, when he came up, and I, I remember when he came up against the Cubs, I think, is when he made his debut or right around then. And he, I think he hit like three home runs in three games or something ridiculous. The guy was just on fire. And you really haven't seen him do much since, you know. I mean, so he definitely is not a guy that's into the analytics uh, kind of sees that as being a detriment, you know, and, and I think, Danny, you asked him about his, his uh, pitching motion, how unorthodox it is. Yeah, and and whether or not they would allow that to even exist. And I don't think they would. And he said, he's like, I don't care if the pitcher fucking bursts into flames after he throws the pitch, as long as it's going as fast as possible. And I'm like, but see, Mitch Williams, like, I, I have to push back as much as, I, I mean, he is the wild thing. And literally, I mean, look at his whip. Every fucking year, 1.6. 1.5. That's your closer. Wait, you know, like his lowest ever, 1.3. That was the 91 when he went over to Philly. But still, I mean, you know, strikeouts. All right, let me give you an example. He's going to have – I'm going to try to find his best – his year with well, the Cubs. Here, Let's talk 89. And, and any, of the, any of you Cub fans out there that remember Mitch Williams' first start as a Cub in 1989, it was against the Phillies. And the Cubs were losing five to four in the ninth inning. And uh, Mitch Williams comes in and gives up three broken bat singles to start the inning. So you got the bases loaded, no outs, five, four lead. And what does Mitch do? Strikes out the side. And then we knew what we were in for from then on in. Right. And so that was Mitch is somehow that, that's why he was wild thing. That's why whatever is that every time he went out there, there was an adventure. I've seen him walk the bases loaded and then strike everybody out and all that kind of stuff. It was literally just heart pounding madness when he came out there. Yeah. He, he didn't even know where the ball was going. I mean, eight point, his best uh, strikeout season, he had 10.7 strikeouts. This was with Texas to 7.8 walks. That's not great. And then it, with the Cubs in 89, the year they went to the uh, playoffs against the Giants, 
uh, 7.4 strikeouts per nine to a 5.7 walks per. I mean, it's just like, uh, and it's, and then, it, you know, even when he went to the, it's uh, the, uh, the world series that year, 8.7 strikeouts to 6.4. Like it's, he's just walking everybody. But at the same time, it was like h- highly effective. He pitched in 80 games one year. Um, he pitched in, uh, 76 games in 89 and the regular season games but it was like I don't know why like he scared the shit out of batters and it just was he was effectively wild in a way now you know when we talk I think I I think we talked about this either last week or the week before you know I do I think the Cubs with this current roster as it's constructed can win the division and I told you guys I thought they could if everything went their way which is exactly what happened in 1989. 1989, before the season started, uh, you know, Jim Fry was the general manager and uh, Zimmer was the manager. And they said, if we are a 500 team by the end of the year, we'll dance down Michigan Avenue together. Like that was not expected to be a good team. And what happened is what the Cubs need to happen this year is that you have solid players. Like at the time it was, you know, Ryan Sandberg and Mark Grace and Dawson. Andre Dawson. And, and, you know, just like we have Bryant and Schwarber and Rizzo, those guys. But they also had rookies that kind of had great years where you had Jerome Walton and Dwight Smith who finished 1-2 in Rookie of the Year voting. You also had guys when there was injuries, other guys stepped up and, and you had guys like Lloyd McClendon and other guys come in. And you had, you know, Mitch Williams came in a trade for Rafael Palmero and he had a great year. So it can happen. Just stuff's got to go their way. But the problem is, is then after 1989, that team was garbage for the next decade. Yeah, because they just kind of caught lightning in a bottle and to that point, and then it was off. Um, you also had Girardi as a catcher on that team, um, right? He was the catcher on that team, right? I think the primary catcher was Damon Berryhill, was it? but the backup was Girardi, which is another example of all of a sudden a guy, when Berryhill got injured, Girardi stepped up and had great games too. Yeah, and like that was probably Mike Pilecki's best year as a pitcher because he had Sutcliffe too, and and Maddox. That was was that Maddox's last year? No, Maddox's last year was after the ninety two season. Ninety two. All right, cool. So yeah, two ninety five ERA. I mean that that team, and they were so streaky too. We were reminiscing about this with Mitch a little bit, and he didn't really have too much to say about it except for that, you know, Don Zimmer was a you know a little hothead, which we all already knew. Um but, you know, it was just like that Central was good that year. For I mean, the Central, the East at the time. Cubs ended up winning 93 games. The Mets fell behind at 87 wins. Cardinals had 86 wins. And then you had the Montreal Expos at 500. Much better than what was going on in the West Division. Cubs actually won one more game than the West Division. But that year, if you look up their... Um, win-loss and how their season goes, there's so many winning streaks and losing streaks. You know, like, by the end of, like, everybody was excited at the beginning because, you know, by April, the middle of April, they were 8-2, and two, you know, and then it fell apart, and then they were 9-10 and 10 by April 26th. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, they were just, it was, it was all year like that. And then, so you, if you, so they basically go 500 in April, that year 
And they even had a losing June, 13 and 5. But then they go 18 and 9 in July, 16 and 12 in August, 17 and 11 in September, just like turning on the end of the year. That's when you get that kind of famous Mitch Williams home run, which he hit. He hit that thing opposite field, right? Yeah. And he told a story about that, right? What did he yeah, say? He did tell a story. And, and, and for those of you that are really interested, it's going to be on my YouTube account. I taped the whole thing. So with Danny and Stu moderating and, and, and Mitch with his dip cup, it's all going to be up there. So there's just there's a lot of good stories. He's a good storyteller. He's everything that you think. But, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun listening to him. And, and you know, for, for someone like me, the boys of Zimmer were just an amazingly fun team to watch. It really. And that was kind of the last year. Um, I mean, because I was 15 at the, that year. And so it was kind of like right before I started having sex with girls. And so, like, I was still paying attention to baseball, kind of, because once, you know, the, the girls came into the equation, I was like, just wanted to do what they wanted to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Pretty much until um, 2003. <laughs> Pretty well, much you, how that worked know- out. The 80s, for me, the first team I really, really remember, I was like five or six, was, I was uh, 76. I was like about seven years old in 1983 and eight years old in 1984, and then that got me hooked. But then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of crappy teams till 1989, and then I was older. I was like 11 then, and you know, 11, something like 11, yeah. 12, and that was just such an exciting team to watch because I knew a lot more about baseball than I did when I was eight, you know? So that was like a team that was just really fun. And then unfortunately for me, the Cubs sucked throughout the entire 90s. It was absolutely <laughs> abysmal until 1998 when uh, Sosa goes on that tear and the Cubs make it to the wild card. But that, you know, up until 98, it was just so not fun to watch Cubs baseball. Were you clocking the Cubs in 89? Oh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. no, Michael. Oh, yeah. I was. Um... You know, but I was living in Iowa. I didn't get to watch them uh, a ton. I don't think we had cable at that time. So, like, it was more of, uh, you know, when, when games would be on Saturdays on, like, whatever, NBC or something. Yeah, you know, because yeah, we didn't have cable, so I didn't get to watch a ton of it. But it was definitely, I mean, where I lived was mostly Cubs fans in that area. So, it was it was a buzz. I just didn't get to watch it as much. Plus, I was a kid, and I honestly, during the day, was out doing stuff for the most part. Yeah, 89 was like the last like season of my childhood. You know, and, and after that, I don't think I, I watched much in the 90s. I um, think 89 might have been the last year I played Little League Baseball, too. Oh, it was from, uh, I, I think for me, it was 88, actually. Yeah. I went out an all-star, though. <laughs> I posted that on my Facebook the other day just to prove, <laughs> just to prove I actually once could do something um, of, phys- of physicality. But, um, the, you know, the one weird thing about 89, you lose to the Giants. Uh, the Giants end up playing the A's in the World Series that year, and that's the year of the big earthquake. The Battle of the Bay. Yeah, the oh, Battle yeah. of the Bay. And that's when they had to postpone the whole thing, and the earthquake kind of uh, – you know, was the story and not the World Series after that happened. And, um, you know, I often thought, I don't know if there's a fact, but I thought that that was when I was a kid, when I was 15, I thought that was God saying, see what happens when the Cubs don't go to the World Series. <laughs> I'm going to punish you with an well, earthquake. 
if you remember that series, there was two players that had phenomenal performances. Will Clark. And one of them, one of them was uh, Mark Grace, was absolutely on fire. And unfortunately, Dawson's knees, which have always had always been bad, but by the time it got to the playoffs, he was really ineffective. Um, but the other guy on the other team that unfortunately had a phenomenal series was um, Will Clark. Will fucking Clark. Yeah. Will and Clark. that was ridiculous. But I remember, I'm like, okay, well, I'll watch the World Series. And it was game one. And I can't remember who, who the announcers were. But, you know, they're chatting like a few minutes before opening pitch starts. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Roseanne was on my TV screen. And I'm like, what? The? I'm like changing the channel and trying to figure out what the hell happened. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, because it, it cut away from the live feed of the game and then went to, uh, you know, what would usually be on TV if the World Series wasn't on. Yeah. I thought you were going to say she was singing the national anthem. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it was kind of a crazy year just to, to think back to, to that moment. But, yeah, it was fun. The boys of Zimmer. Good, good time. And, you know, if, even talking, one thing I did say to him, I, I told my mom, I'm like, hey, I interviewed Mitch Williams last night. And she, you know, is a big Cubs fan. So she started reminiscing about him and like all the heart attacks that he gave my family, <laughs> you know, that whole year. You know, every single save was interesting. And I gave him a little shit about that. But um, I will have it up on my uh, YouTube channel, Crawley's Clubhouse, if you want to see the whole thing. Cool. Thanks for doing that. And, um, yeah, I had fun. In fact, we looked up. Everybody was gone. It was like two in the morning. <laughs> Every, everybody had gone except for me, Crawley, and my friends who came over late who live in the area. And so uh, Stuart, Stuart was gone. Everybody was gone except for me and Crawley. So we closed it down. Chris drove us back to the hotel, and uh, we spooned all night long. So I wake up in the morning. We have breakfast down at the hotel, and I had some pancakes with this Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gigantically huge pancake maker. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of these, Michael? No. Giant. Like it. Yeah, it's a pancake maker that they have at hotels. How, how did it work? Did you just press a button and a pancake came out? You press an OK button <laughs> and then two pancakes come out the side. Like you put a plate on the side and just go bloop, bloop, just drops out. Some Pee Wee's Big Adventure shit right there. <laughs> we were just impressed with the, you know, it's just like a not even an average size pancake just plops out, but the amount of space this thing took up on a counter to do like this little work. It had like, it looked like a rolling machine that kind of had, it was, it was just bizarre. But so I sit there and I wake up and I'm like, all right, that was a lot of fun. I, I go outside. And I'm like, where's my car? <laughs> I, I, I know where I parked it. And I, I'm like, shit, someone's in my car. But uh, luckily, Danley reminded me that I drove us and we Ubered back. So yeah, <laughs> he forgot that he left, <laughs> he forgot he left his car on Stewart street. Uh, like, like if Danny had left early or if I had left before Danny, I would have seriously like called the police or something. Also, I, I drove all the way to Algonquin with a uh, music stand on my roof. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. I could have killed somebody, but it didn't happen. Just was on the roof and it was there. And some guy was trying to get my attention on the highway. And I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'll deal with it later. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, feels fine. But it was a music stand on my roof that he was trying to tell me about. <laughs> uh, so good times, though. Uh, if you haven't been to Club 400, you got to go. Um, but uh, we should get into a Cubs convention because if uh, some of you guys might go to that. And the and really, the expert uh, on Cubs convention is Crawley. He lives, eats, and breathes Cubs convention. 
Sorry for the interruption, but you're not a Patreon subscriber. It's so easy to become a Patreon subscriber. Just go to patreon.com slash sunranto, and you don't get interruptions in the show like this one. Patreon.com slash sunranto, dollar a month. That's all it is. Uh, instead, you're going to have to listen to a, another ad for my bookie, but this one you might find of interest because the Cubs currently are plus 2,000 to win the World Series. Uh, here are all the teams that are better than them. The Astros, the Yankees, the Nationals, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. Uh, the Brewers are not. The Mets, the Braves, the Indians. The Twins are break even at plus 2,000. So are the Rays. Rockies are down there at plus 8,000. So they're worse. But here's another team that's better than the Cubs. The Phillies, the Cardinals. Ugh, oh. uh, Reds, uh, interesting enough, uh, are interestingly enough, are plus 3,000. The Angels have a better chance because uh, they just got Joe Madden. Um, the Padres are the same. The same. We're the fucking Padres, people. The Padres. Uh, obviously, the Marlins in Pittsburgh. But, it, you know, it, we're right in the middle of the pack, and that's not where we should be. But uh, if you do want to bet on the Cubs, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code chair c-h-a-i-r and uh, they'll double your first deposit it's pretty awesome so uh, go ahead and do that and i guess it, because you're not a patreon subscriber and you're getting this late uh, i'll just keep it there and here's back to the show so you wanted to you, what do you want there to do there are you're, two days that are the greatest days for me one of them is cubs convention you know the whole weekend i count as one day because i really don't sleep and then the other is uh op- home opener or opening day, however it works out. But I love Cubs convention. I know I'm one of those weird guys that, you know, just get super excited to get a picture with Les Lancaster. Um, but it, it is a lot of fun. for. And if you've never been there, there's still tickets available. I think there's still hotel rooms available. It hasn't really sold out, which is shocking. Um, Not really. You know, but, the, but the price is a lot higher than it used to be, and they haven't made any moves. So less people. But uh, this year's a little bit different. They used to have these... Um, the, the things that go around your neck made out of like cardboard, you know, these like lanyard type things. Uh, it's not that anymore. They have wrist bracelets. So uh, that's new this year, but I guess anybody that's going, I really kind of encourage to kind of make a plan of what you want to do. So different people like to go for different reasons. Maybe they want to get autographs. Maybe they want to get pictures with people. Maybe they just like to hear the sessions, but kind of have a general idea what you done, what you're going to do and understand there's a lot of lines and a lot of waiting around. So you just got to be patient and be cool. Uh, if you're going for autographs, if you're talking about wanting to get one of the prime guys, maybe Chris Bryant or uh, Javi Baez or one of those guys, it's tricky. Um, when you go to CubsCon, they give you a, a bracelet, and then you go downstairs and you check in, and they give you a bag, and in that bag's a voucher. And the majority of the vouchers will say 10% off your purchase at the Cub store, but if you get lucky and you hit, that's where you will get one of the current players or Hall of Fame players like uh, Sandberg or and Dawson and those guys. So it'll tell you to get in a line the next day at, well, like, say, 11 you, o'clock, stage A or something. You know, that maybe this year, because there are still tickets available and there are still hotel packages available and there are StubHub tickets available for cheaper than you can buy them from the Cubs, FYI, at this exact moment. Like, it's like 120 out the door. If you want to go, but you might have a better chance of getting one of those better autographs because there's less people. 
It's it's a possibility, and uh, there. So the main players are voucher only line, like the big time players. All your other guys, like say your Bobby or your Near, your Pete Lacock or whoever you want to get. Basically, you just wait in this big long line, and then whoever's there when you show up, that's who you get. It's you have no idea who it is. You know. You know what they say. You gotta wait if you want to get Lacock. <laughs> so you go there and you walk into the 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 main ballroom Friday night. And it's hard to get seats. Like no, I said, no. don't- you don't walk into the main ballroom. You sprint. You, you trample small children to try to get a ballroom seat to get in yeah, the main ballroom. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not proud of some of the little old ladies I've knocked over in the past. <laughs> well, but, they um, fucking should have fucking worked out when they were younger. Exactly. You get the seat, and uh, and this is it. Tom Ricketts, uh, I broke the story last year. This year, I haven't confirmed it. Bruce Miles did put out that... Uh, the Cubs sent out a press release, and there is nothing mentioned about the Ricketts Forum again. Um, so this is where you're going to see, probably going to only see Tom is he gives kind of like he comes out like Steve Jobs and kind of has a little video presentation behind him, talks for a couple minutes, and then Len Casper or Pat Hughes takes over. Usually Pat Hughes, and they announce all the players from yesteryear, as he likes to say, and then the alumni come out and then they play a video. Uh, over the last year, all the exciting things, kind of a hype video to get you excited. And then after that, some people leave because they have uh, mystery guest uh, signings. So they tell you where to go, and you have no idea who's going to show it up. It could be Chris Bryant. It could be, uh, it could be Daniel Descalso. You have absolutely no idea who could be there. Uh, other people wait in the ballroom, and then Ryan Dempster comes out, and he has like a late-night shtick, a late-night host where he kind of you know, does a Jimmy Fallon-type thing where he invites different players up and talks. Uh, that was last year. He kind of made some noise on that because that was when Chris Bryant said St. Louis is boring and Yadier Molina just like, for whatever reason, can't take a joke. Um, and then that night, there's just like a lot of partying depending on where you want to go. Saturday is all day sessions. So in the main ballroom at the Sheridan, they have the different sessions. They'll have Theo and the front office. Uh, Dave, uh, the new manager, uh, David Ross and his coaching staff will be there and they'll, they'll kind of do some other things in there. The, the kids only ones kind of funny. The, the kids always ask questions and the players kind of joke around with them. You can see a lot of different things. Business ops with Crane Kenny will be there and I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff on the marquee. Uh, something new this year, the Lowe's hotel is the hotel right across the street that the Cubs also rent out. Uh, they're doing a lot of those. If you've been watching the Cubs YouTube station, they're going to be filming a bunch of live um, shows like Bay versus ball player and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Saturday night, another, uh, another trampling going on to get into bingo with Wayne Mesmer. <laughs> yeah, uh, seriously, that's even, that one's even worse because people are liquored up and they're just oh, elbows and ears and ribs and injuries. It looks like a civil war battlefield. People are diving on whole tables to try to like claim tables. It gets insane. Why everybody's bingo? It doesn't matter. Why? Where are people trying to get? I always just sit in the back with in whatever chairs left. Right, but if you're kind of doing group tables, then you want to kind of try to get in there. Some people like to get closer. I don't think it makes that big a difference, but uh, everyone wants to make sure they get their spot with their table with their group. And uh, Wayne Mesmer is really really funny. Um. He's just hilarious when he runs it. And the prizes, if you can win, like I said, I've been struggling for 20 years to try to win, but they usually give you a baseball, um, you know, could be a, a autographed baseball, a gift card to Murphy's, all this stuff. And the big prize is always a flag that flew over Wrigley Field. One of those big Historic flags. Okay, Wrigley so, Field. Carl, you're saying you've never won anything at the, at the bingo? No, no. I've never bingo. won bingo at all, no. Yeah. Not a single time. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not. You this would think the odds would somehow be in my favor, but no, I've never won. This is, it's it's like when Ron Santo could never win the uh, attendance game. It's just <laughs> yeah, fucking ridiculous. So that's just because he was bad at guessing. <laughs> I think is really yeah, but, what that was about. But at some point, he should have just won. But can we get into the the story of Ricketts not showing up? Because, like, you know, I wrote a little. So I wrote actually. What, what's the song I wrote? I've, I already forget because I've written ninety songs since then. But the um, what was the fucking song? Cow, Coward of the Cubbies. Coward of the County. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that song, The Coward of the Cubbies, which I'll play at the end of the show. Kenny Rogers one, yeah. Kenny oh, Rogers. Oh, you never heard that song? Yeah, no, as soon I as had I heard it. it. I was like, oh, that's yeah. yeah I had sure, heard Kenny it, Rogers. but it wasn't like like right at the top of my list of things. Somebody else suggested it on Twitter. And anyway, like he really is a coward. He's you know he's there in the good times. All through, you know, he's up there telling us to be patient through the rebuild and here's what we're going to do for you and we're going to build all these awesome restaurants and you're going to love it and there's going to be a bowling alley and a Harley Davidson so you can like, you know, ride motorcycles and bowl at the same time. Like all this stuff that they were promising us, you know, and then the the, the buckets, no, no, wheelbarrows full of cash. Uh, that we're going to be coming in from it all. And then, you know, now that they're like, hey, we're going to cut payroll. We're getting under a luxury tax. Now he does, you know, last year everybody's pissed at him because his dad's a racist. And now you don't show up and fucking uh, do damage control, you know, because we're not going to be able to ask him shit at the opening ceremonies. But I'm wondering if he's going to get booed. It's a, it's a possibility. And, and here's the thing. Uh, if anyone subscribes to the athletic, they just uh, signed Bruce miles. Who's gone into semi-retirement. Bruce had a really good piece on this. You know, for years there was no Mr. Tribune. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was no ownership that you could say, look, you know, some people have legit concerns. Some both even, you know, I've even had people talk about, you know, handicap accessibility or could you do, um, you know, a peanut allergy free day or something. Just people have a chance to talk to ownership and say, this is what I like. This is what I don't like. Some of them are stupid. Some of them are, are legitly, you know, good questions. But you have somebody that's listening to you about your concerns, which is Cub fans. We never had. They would always pull out some pest pencil pusher from the Tribune company that, you know, you didn't know who the hell the guy was, and 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 it wasn't important anyway because the guy didn't really do anything other than basically just kind of sit there. And so you you know that's what people loved about the Ricketts is the accessibility. So when they started owning it from what two thousand nine two thousand ten until last year, you could sit there and ask them questions, talk about things, and Tom would write things down or at least he'd pretend to. And uh, you know, it was a it was a good opportunity for fans to kind of sometimes even just get shit off your chest or get pissed or. All, you know, whatever. But but all of a sudden he just stopped. And, and so they made up this bullshit excuse of, well, we did surveys and everybody thought ours was the most boring. And I'm like, uh, you know, that's just crap. And, you know, and, and yeah. nobody ever asked, can I see the data? But, you know, it, it's it's crap. And it was a cop out to not have to go because last year the only signings they did were Hamels, Descalso and Brock. And people were pissed. And now all of a sudden people are more pissed this year and they're nowhere to be found. And, and they you know what? Maybe people say they deserve it, but now it's going to be Theo and Crane that have to take all the heat from the fans and the Ricketts are not. Yeah. And and if they're going to make Theo have to go out there and Crane go out there, you know, they, well, they're the owners and that, and that's, they don't have to, if they don't want to, but you know, it seems kind of, I don't really feel like there'd be too much mayhem you know what I mean? For the most part, people are there to have a good time. And the best thing about CubsCon is meeting other Cubs fans and hanging out. And, you know, you'll make friends. 
there um, for life, just, you know, sitting around, standing in line. Like, you know, Paul Johnson, you know, I met him in line. I met him in line to meet John Baker. You know, he's another Club 400 guy, but uh, sorry, I'm getting off track, but that's that's what uh, CubsCon is. And I don't think that people are going to come after Ricketts at this thing. As much as, you know, you think it's not going to be like line after line of people being like, you've ruined my life. <laughs> you know? Why would you spend money, you cheap bitch? <laughs> like, well, it's and it would happen, give you know? the Ricketts an actual opportunity to stand in front of people. And granted, it's not like you can't find this information, but they could talk about what the fi- their finances are and, and what, what they the, did. Right. What they're with, thinking is behind it, because. Yeah. It's not I don't agree with it, but you can make that argument that, okay, you don't want to go over the luxury tax and have to pay the money and have to lose draft picks and international signing money. You can make an argument. And you can hear that from Theo. You can hear it from Crane Kenny. You can hear it from anybody, but it's not going to satisfy the fan base like it will if it's coming out of Tom Ricketts mouth. And the thing that frustrates people, a lot of us, is that, you know, for when things were really going good, 15, there he is. 16, 17. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Like that's They would what... chant that. Thank you, Tom chant would be going in there, and he would just be taking all the adulation, but now things are hard. He's nowhere yeah. to be found, and that's just a bad look, in my opinion. I agree. It's like, shit, you're, you know he's there, too. <laughs> right. So he's just going to ride this out like everything. He knows, okay, come next year. If he's not there for a third time, people, it's going to start to lose steam. He knows it. And well, he's, he's not going to go back until they're in the playoffs again. Yeah, until we're chanting, thank you, Tom. Right. It'll be interesting. It's his It'll prerogative. Interesting. You know, it's, but, you know, it's, it's not a good we look. We know they he, don't like he Todd. Care. Just make Todd go by himself. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was trying to think of a song to write about Ricketts not showing up to Cubs convention. <laughs> and, oh, or, God, who was it? I have to look. Rice. Rice Cube, you know him? Yeah. Um, he he suggested, hey, you've got to hide your Todd away. That <laughs> 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 cracked me the fuck up. Now, now Sunday of Cubs Con is kind of just like a chill day. Everybody's hung over. You know, a lot of people are watching just TV, watching football. They have a couple sessions, like one or two, like down on the farm. You know, and you get to kind of see the young kids. But in general, most people are just doing their shopping, waiting for their cabs to come, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a little uh, kind of a bit of information you could do uh, is that don't shop if you're around. Wait till Sunday because the vendors don't want to put their shit back up on their trucks. So, like, you can get yourself a little bargain. Yeah, you can get some deals around there. And, and, and like I said, there's a lot of giveaways that they do for people that wait to Sunday. I would recommend following Cubs Twitter. I'm sure most of your listeners are. and then uh, Or Cubs Instagram and, and a lot of the minor league teams, if you follow them as well, they'll give away kind of some cool shit that you can get over the, you know, as long as you're following them. Yeah. And then, but it's kind of what, they do the minor league down on the farm and then usually they have some, did they, any announcement? Because, I, I mean, I went and saw the 84 Cubs like first thing in the morning one time. Yeah, it was, that was a few years ago when Sutcliffe and Samberg and those guys. That was a good one, and I can't believe they put it on a Sunday. Usually would, they kind of just put the crap on Sunday because most of the players have, you know, they're either way hungover because they all go out. They all they go out both nights, but Saturday night they rage it. And then by Sunday they just kind of wake up, hungover, and leave. So there's we were, not really a lot of players around. We were all hungover in that session that day. And, like, <laughs> you know, you ever get, like, you, you ever hungover and so you just cry? <laughs> Like, that was me that day because I'm like, listen, 84. That was like my first big season. I was 10. 
you know, and Sutcliffe up there talking about, you know, how much he loves Steve Trout. I'm like, I'm like welling up in the audience. Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's nice. It, it's rough. It's it's two days of, of nonstop partying, Cubs, hanging out late. And like Danny said, you know, even with Club 400, I, I tweeted about this the other day. You know, when I first started going to Club 400 and when I first started going to Cubs Con, it was all about, you know, can I get Matt Merton's picture, or, you know, or autograph or blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden now as you kind of get older, you're kind of like, you know, the coolest thing about it is just meeting up with friends. And some of my friends here at CubsCon are people that I only see at CubsCon. You know, they kind of fly in from maybe Iowa or Indiana or some different places that they – people come from all over for this thing. And a lot of, like, the veterans who've been there for many years, they're like family to me. I've, I've gotten to know them. And, you know, even the, the CubsCon is where I met most of the social media people first. Yeah. Uh, hanging out then. So it's just a place where you can just sit there and have fun with Cubs fans. Just don't take it too seriously. Like if you're bringing your kids and you think you're going to get a picture with Chris Bryant and a couple autographs, let me be the first to disappoint you. Okay. You're not getting that. If you just want to listen to tales and kind of just have fun and drink and kind of get an idea of what's going on and just have fun for a weekend, that would be my best bet for you. And it sounds like the whole thing is I used to tell people that they could just go in there for free. You know, because they only had that stupid lanyard and everybody's in heavy coats. And I've been in there where I forgot my lanyard and nobody said shit to me. So I've always said, people, but I think the wristbands are going to make it harder to just walk the fuck in like Correct. you could in the past. Yep, that, that's going to be an issue. So I, I think that's why they're doing it. So, yeah, when all of a sudden the wristbands came, uh, I was shocked because traditionally the wristbands were only for season ticket holders. Yeah. And do they have a season ticket holder little area? Again, yeah. There's the, the first four, few rows are uh, uh, reserved for season ticket holders, and then uh, there's also the Audi's Legend Lounge that you can go to if you're a season ticket holder. So if you just want to go someplace, have a, some drinks, and they got some popcorn and crap like that, and then they also have another separate season ticket room for you to kind of hang out. There's couches you could charge your phone, those type of things. Yeah, I keep getting contacted by my season ticket guy, uh, who I don't have season tickets, but uh, Oliver keeps contacting me and he said happy new year just left you a voicemail and he did and he said he oh wanted God. to f follow up with the email season ticket sales starting next month i want to check in and have a quick conversation to answer any questions go over the process so i'm twenty thousand on the list and i'm getting called that's and, crazy and so i clicked on the link that he sent me because he said what do you say he goes Click here for our season ticket waitlist website and let me know how I can help. Well, I did click on it and I'm over twenty thousand. But yeah, and you're like, you can help by moving me way up if you want me to buy some tickets. But they've they've uh, changed their website, or at least I've never seen this page. So they've got a whole new like hype video on their season ticket website thing. Have you seen this, Crawley? Yeah, we, we get that every year. We get like this little hype video that plays on there, and then you have your season ticket number yeah. and you do all these things. Let me play this. Let me, because it's pretty fucking hilarious. Dramatic. There's like a picture of Wrigley. The feeling of letting our fans down uh, should motivate all of us, every single one of us in this organization. I know it does for me. Theo. Next year is a priority. If we want to score as many runs as we can, we want to prevent as many runs as you can. And score more we runs. To try to create a winning culture for now. Oh, my God. That, that's like to listening to uh, football analysts. The team that's going to win is one that can uh, throw the ball into the end zone <laughs> and keep the other team from fucking getting the ball in the end zone. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. much Theo's end of the year pr presser. Here, let me finish. There's only like five more seconds of it. Cubs championship team. 
Cup. I want to win a championship. I want to win multiple championships. I want to bring championships back to Chicago. That's it. They do a good job of getting you pumped up and psyched about it because there's uh, there's also other clips of like uh, you know great plays that happened last year and good memories. Games I hope they do better than that. Propaganda. Hearing somebody say our fucking main objective is to score more runs than the other team and to not let the other team score runs like that just makes me want to fucking punch people <laughs> it is what they are trying to do though i mean technically that is baseball when it when it at its core but if you didn't <laughs> fucking realize that and you needed a goddamn video to tell you dude but they have music yeah, michael and violins you... and it gets you excited ding, 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 fucking ding, self <laughs> oh shit uh, so that that should be a interesting. And Michael, before we get off of this whole CubsCon thing, uh, you had an idea of if, in case you don't want to, if you're in Chicago, maybe you're in an extra day, or you want to do something else, and not or just- yeah, or if you take your family and your family's not into being in the Cubs convention for twelve hours every single day, uh, it's um, my family went and did this. It's a non-Cubs related activity, but it's the Chicago Pedway. And if you don't know, there is access over at the Swiss Hotel. So it's right across the river from the Sheraton. Um, And there's a few places along there. But you can actually go, like, kind of in the basement of the Swiss Hotel into a walkway. You can get all the way down to, like, the Daily Center in downtown Chicago or over to the, um, you know, Millennium Park without walking the whole way outside a couple of times you pop out on the street and then go right back in but uh it was a lot of fun you can just download the map if you want or like my family we went on groupon and we found a tour and it takes about two hours it's like you know a mile and a half of walking but it's really cool getting a lot of chicago history and popping up into different buildings all over downtown like it was it was pretty interesting. We went when we were just there uh, in early December. Yeah, I remember. I remember you talked up. about it on the show about something to do if you were in town, and you guys were yeah. because you did it. Re- and really. it, yeah, and it's right there next to the the Sheraton. It's just literally across the river, and you know, and or if you're just looking to go wander around, but it's too fucking cold to leave your hotel, hop over there, and you can get down to like Macy's there's restaurants under the ground there's uh you know there's coffee shops there's you know access into the subways and the systems there like it's pretty interesting that all the different places you can go underground especially if you have a tour guide uh that tells you all the places and stuff because you know a newbie could easily just go in there and get lost which is also fun so if you don't want to hang out with Cubs fans, go underground Chicago and walk around a, a fucking mall. <laughs> it's basically what you're telling everybody. Well, it's not really. <laughs> no, it's not really a mall. It's just like every so often there might be a subway or something. If there's a mall, maybe above you, you know, it might be the lower level of a mall. But you can get, you know, like I say, you get down to the Richard J. Daly Center. You can get into um, different hotels like, you know, maybe you're staying in a hotel, not the Sheridan. And you don't want to Uber or whatever. You don't want to walk in the freezing cold. You could, you know, possibly get over there through some of these underground things. And the architecture centers there. And the, uh, I think we stopped into a library 
A lot of good architecture stuff. I love that. I don't know. Not a, not everybody's gonna enjoy being <laughs> at the Cubs con. I know. Uh, or or in the, the fucking one time. Un- I'm sorry. I know Crawley and, and Danny, you guys like it. It wasn't for me. I've been to one Cubs con. I've been one to to one Bears con, and they're just not. No, but basements of malls. That's what you're all about. <laughs> yeah, empty fucking hallways underground in Chicago. Yes. Well, Crawley knows because Crawley grew up going to Randhurst Mall here in the in this is Randhurst is gone, right? Right. It has been converted into a outdoor mall. Oh, all right. So, <laughs> so it is now one of those out me outdoor malls like Deer Park. Okay. I love the evolution of malls. Went from everybody's going to be comfortable indoors. So, to let's just get rid of all these fucking uh, roofs that are pointless so that you can just walk around like a regular street. Well, Randhurst Mall, do you remember Potpourri? Bottom floor. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. The mall, the basement of the mall is where you, right in the middle. That's where the fucking magic happens. You'd go there, get your psychedelic Jimi Hendrix poster and some fucking, <laughs> some fucking nice. Nag Champa incense and a lava lamp. And my friend's mom had a popcorn store right across from Potpourri. Oh, and that's, you know, down there is where you could do the uh, recording. You pay 10 bucks and you could sing. I think it was called Putting on the Hits or something like that. And you go <laughs> oh, in the nice. corner. Yeah, that was all down there. So downstairs at Raiders Mall. So you might be onto something, Michael. The basement of the mall is where you want to be. Yeah. You just wander around. I yeah. don't know. I, I like wandering around and shit like that. I've been to Atlanta and their Pedway system. Uh, Minneapolis has one. Des Moines has one. Any place, I mean, other than Atlanta, any place that's cold usually has something cool yeah. like that. Michael's mm-hmm. all about going underground. <laughs> going you know, underground. The mold. It's, it's, oh, it's, Seattle has the best underground tour. Now, if anybody was listening, because like I said, I was kind of just napping and kind of in and out of consciousness <laughs> yesterday. Uh, oh, I thought it, you meant during Michael's fucking description of the Chicago Bedway <laughs> tour. That's what I, I thought you were going to say. <laughs> That's what I thought he was going to say, too. But, uh, but no, you want to talk about the Arenado Bryant rumors? Yes, because that was on yesterday. Uh, Inside the Clubhouse is a show on 670 The Score here, and it has Bruce Levine, who's a beat writer, and Matt Spiegel, who's very ver- well-versed on Cub stuff. Uh, Cubs information but when Bruce was telling the story or when Bruce was explaining certain rumors that were out there somebody you know people caught wind of it and all of a sudden it just blew up on Cubs Twitter yesterday where all of a sudden this idea came that we were the Cubs were going to get Nolan Arenado and play him in third and keep Chris Bryant and play him in center (laughs) that's an intriguing idea sounds pretty good let's do it (laughs) yeah I mean I'm I'm playing MLB the show that's what my team looks like yeah I'm in let's do it and everybody's just kind of scratching their head because, you know, this whole time we've been told that we've been able to get zero players to Cubs still. What's the day? January 12th? They can't even get Akiyama and we're going to get fucking Arenado? Come right. on. We, we still do not have one major league contract signed. We've spent zero dollars on a major league contract this offseason. We've done some split deals and minor league deals, etc. But not one major league deal. And people still... You know, it's this is kind of like, you know, when you're when you're it's what's that? The seven stages of grief when you're in denial. Yeah, this but this was one of the most ridiculous ones. I mean, and God bless Brett over at Bleacher Nation. Just he's he was writing up every rumor. And, you know, let's let's face it. He's filling the void that 
Hey, there's a lot of Cub fans out there. They want to talk about this all offseason. We're kind of amongst, I think we are amongst them. We're talking about it right now. And it gives Cubs fans a little bit of hope because Arenado has also been linked to the Cardinals in a trade. Well, so, it's like, it sounds a lot more realistic. Right. The but Cardinals- you don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? Like, right. even if it's fucking fake, you want to like, oh, no, Arenado is going to be a Cub. Well, the Cardinals just made an interesting trade with the Rays. They yeah. got a pitching prospect, and they really didn't give up much. They gave up freaking Jose Martinez. And, uh, I mean, wasn't there a catcher in that deal, too? I didn't recognize that guy's name. There were six total players. Six players, yeah. It all kind of works exactly what they, you know, what they need. Yeah, and they they traded their fucking compensation B pick, which is right. Which just just to remind everybody that they even get a fucking compensation pick. But also, those are the only types of picks you can trade. Yeah. So then, it's another word. Trade regular picks. So they get to to throw in not a player, but a fucking pick that the Cubs don't get. So they get a pitch pitching prospect, Matthew Liberatore, who now they're saying they want to flip for Arenado at the same time that the Cubs are somehow getting Arenado with Contreras and Hayward. No, none of this is going to, that's insane. Like everybody, God bless Brett Taylor. God bless Evan Altman. But like Jesus Christ, guys. Like, it's funny because, you know, they're going crazy. They're going stir crazy. It's January in the Midwest. They both live in Indiana. You know, they're go- or no, Brett's in Ohio. Same thing. But they're they're just sitting there with nothing to do. And, and they've got to figure out how this is a plausible situation that can work out. And they, they do. They do the mental gymnastics to get you there in their articles and well, it's and fucking it's not magic. Like they just completely invented it whole cloth no they hear a Bruce rumor levine was on the radio talking about this shit and the way that he made it sound is that there was a possibility which no all he was really saying like he was doing like we do just talking off the fucking cuff but nobody writes an article based on our shit well and, and they, they should well in the well they did well, and they, i think they should write about the pedway too <laughs> they really should. That's more of a it's brochure. Awesome. That's more of a brochure, I think. You know, like <laughs> at the, right next to the the vetting machine at the hotel. Um, but what do you think about? I mean, Chris Bryant has played center field. I don't know if he's your everyday center fielder. I think you're more likely to have him in a corner spot if you I were to move. I am somewhat in. intrigued by Chris Bryant as the center fielder, though. It's so much easier to kind of shore up the third base spot than it is the center field spot, right? There there have been rumors that David Ross in particular is enamored with the idea of Chris Bryant playing center field. What makes you nervous about this is Chris Bryant playing center field with Kyle Schwarber next to him in left field. Yeah, can we uh, wrap the, uh, Chris in bubble wrap? Because freaking, we're going to see, uh, you know, like a, a repeat of uh, that um, – of when Schwarber freaking of yeah Fowler and Schwarber, I mean because now you got because Schwarber the defensive metric metrics came out last week and Schwarber just like as much as I love the guy then he's all over the rancher calendar out there in left field where I'm sitting as much as I love him he is not a good left fielder by the numbers and you know he gets the stuff 
well, he's, he's got not a good arm. Terrible, is he? I mean, he, he, he would be about a slightly below league average, which if he can hit 40 home runs and 100 RBIs, yeah, you yeah you're going to take it. But then that's where you kind of want to go throw your Chris Bryant as your guy kind of playing out of position. But, you know, we've been saying since Chris Bryant came up on this show that he's not like your your average third baseman, you know, in the right because he's so, so tall. tall. Yeah. And, and he's been hurt a lot over there. He's a good fielder. I mean, he's decent. Um, but you know, you could probably move him to left or right. I don't think anybody's moving anywhere, to be honest. Like, I don't think, I think the Cubs are just going to kind of go into this season with what they got and hope. Yeah. And I think Almora is going to be your main center fielder. And they might go, it's going to be. Yeah. And they might go out to platoon with Hap. I think Almora, and I I did want to bring this up because like we sang that Almora, why can't you be better song? You know, and then it came out that that poor little girl has brain damage forever. And it oh was a God. total oversight on my part to think about, like, really talking why he can't be, why he's not good. But then I thought, like, well, he wasn't good the year of fucking before either. So, like, you know, whatever it's, it was, you can't blame it all on that. But uh, but I was like, oh, maybe I should lay off Elmore. I'm not going to sing that song anymore anyway for a while. Unless he has another terrible year this year, then it might have been long enough. Or it could still be because of that, that he's got, like, some sort of mental block on it. Oh, I'm sure he's in therapy over that. I mean, all these guys, they go through this and they hit these balls into the stands and stuff, even when they don't see it. It's like, it's hard to, I think, just get your brain around the fact that even if you didn't see it, you may have just fucking wasted somebody. And the, and the sad thing is, if you look on Twitter, the amount of jackasses who still criticize, quote, the parents or something like that because they didn't get their kid out of the way of a 115-mile-hour baseball coming at them off the end of the bat. Yeah, yeah so there's no fucking way. This year is, is, is 30, all 30 teams will have some form of extended netting almost all the way till, what, foul pole to foul pole. Yeah, almost, right? yeah. And so it's just the players are so relieved by this. They are so excited about it. And so it's it, the fact that it's taken this long is a shame. And the fact that there's been people and it's not just this girl in Houston, this has happened so many damn times. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. This is just the one that we all saw because it happened in the Cubs. Right. And, and, and all these guys that think that they're Keanu Reeves from the matrix and they see the ball coming in real time and can somehow duck underneath it or something. You're full of shit. You're just lucky you didn't get hit. That's all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, I went to a Sox game last summer and the Nets can be fun. Uh, The Mets left fielder running hard, catches the ball and then just leaps into the net like he was just full board, leaps into the net and the net like grabs him and springs him back out on the field in the middle of the play. It was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So it can be fun. Like yeah, we might see a, just have to be bad. Yeah, and think of that because the White Sox were one of the first teams to extend them all the way out. So think of that in every single major league stadium. I think we're going to see people, and you know they're going to go down there and try this stuff out and see what they can get away with. Every single ballpark has different dimensions. Some have low walls all the way out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Wrigley does. You know, to a certain yeah. point, that's still a brick wall though, over there. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you got the tarp over there. I wonder, you know, how that's all going to work, but I know you can't climb the tarp anymore. Well, you can't climb the tarp anymore. Yeah. The fucking Rizzo rule. So, um, 
Yeah, the anyway. Good thing, though, the good thing is now that the, the Cubs were able to settle with all their arbitration eligible yeah. players prior to uh, the deadline. Yeah, so every, it's pretty much what everybody thought, too. Right. Some guys made a little bit more, like Elmore, I know, made a little bit less, which, you know, honestly, he should have. But it, it, it's the Cubs right now are close to that $208 million mark yeah. that they are trying to get under to be repeat offenders from the luxury tax. Right. So I, I looked that up on, um, oh, fuck, what was it? Sport something. Sport and track. Numbers. And they just spent $42.66 million on Bryant, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Almora, and Kyle Ryan. And then, uh, but that projects to put them at a total of 10 million with, or two, 10 million, <laughs> 210 million, which is just like 2 million above that threshold. So they'll actually need to get worse. They need to subtract a player from there and a big one, I'd say, to really. Well, I mean, Rob Manfred's going to help him out because he's going to get rid of the entire minor league baseball season. Or so that's 2.5 million, which will go off the Cubs' books. <laughs> for all their players that'll no longer be playing. The thing now, <laughs> the thing now that's going to end up happening, I think, is, is the most plausible scenario is is Jose Quintana. That's the one that I think that you can still trade, get under that cap, and then have a little money to do something midseason if you need to. Who, who are they? Gonna, I don't. Who's going to pitch? So. He's the only guy they got. They don't have. They don't have enough pitching depth to drop Quintana. Yeah, who you got? Jarrell Cotton. Yeah. He's he's not even a guaranteed fucking major leaguer. I mean, yeah. well, and here, here's Mills. the other thing. It doesn't matter what their payroll is at the beginning of the season. Right? So if they go into the season at this 210 million, all they have to do is trade people in season and get under that 208 in season. Yeah, it doesn't right. have That's to be what right people now. don't realize. Like, it can still happen all the way up to whatever August first. Oh yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, they're not looking at the deadline right now. They can just trade all the way up to the trade deadline, which makes me wonder, you know, how it's going to go down because you look at this central right as it stands right now. They played each other to pretty much even. Cubs got hurt. I think if they don't get hurt, they probably still win the division. If like all th- Rizzo doesn't get hurt and Bryant doesn't get hurt and all that stuff, Baez. right? Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Hamels. If you consider Hamels like how went he, down, how honestly, he was. that could have been the difference right there. If just Hamels doesn't go down because the way he was pitching before he got hurt, he was lights out. He yeah. was probably one of the best. He was probably the best pitcher in the first half, and then. He had the issue in the oblique, oblique issue in what is right around June, I think. Yeah, and then yeah. he came back too early, he said. And then he came, he says he came back too early, and he clearly wasn't the same. Yeah, and then the entire medical staff from the Cubs got fired over it, probably. I mean, well, and, that, and that and everything Rizzo else. coming back four days after an ankle injury that was supposed to end his season. Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, we're giving it a shot. I mean, that's Rizzo for you. You know, dr- you know, riding the plane in uniform, and he's he probably wanted to be that guy and say, Oh, I'm sure they all want to be out there, but that's what the medical staff is there for. You have to get cleared to play. They should not be clearing these guys just because they want to. Yeah. I wonder with a diff- different medical staff, because it was a lot of the same guys. You know, I wonder with a different medical staff if uh, Kyle Schwarber doesn't play in the World Series. It's a good question. Yeah, just wondering. Yeah, that's that is interesting. You know, and that was that was a weird one. 
I never quite understood why it was okay for him to hit and run bases on that knee, but he could not play left field. Because what they said was when you're hitting or when you're running, you're knowing the direction you're going before anything happens. Okay. So if you're just hitting a ball, you, you have it, you're stepping forward, you hit, and then you start running to first. When you're talking about playing outfield, you're making a lot of lateral moves that you have to make quickly as the balls hit off the bat. Yeah, I guess more of the lateral movement happens out there. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I just didn't, I was always like, you know, you don't see a lot of guys get like real bad injuries running around in the outfield. It's on the base pass when you get hurt. So it seemed weird. It was counterintuitive, I guess. What's done is done. And the Cubs won the world series. (laughs) And he's a hero for doing it. It was absolutely amazing. It was one of the best storylines of that season. I think the best storyline was that the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> I ate, I said one, one, one of, of the best. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I just remember how crazy that was at the time. Um, so, I'm, but I'm, you know, he's uh, he's got seven million dollars that uh, the Cubs could trade in season, and it would drop them right under that threshold, and they'd be good. So, well, no, they Kyle. wouldn't be good. They'd be worse because they'd be down a player. You know? Well, no, I mean, you know what I mean. The Cubs Under would be the... good with their fucking bullshit that they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, well it, the it, Rickets would be good. The Cubs would not be. How about that? As Lee Ely would say, if he had a Lee, bubble voice, Lee Ely is smoking a little. Uh, <laughs> He's got a bong and trying to talk at the same time. How about this well, he's excited about legalized marijuana in Illinois. That's another one. Will Wrigley Field be more fun this year because everyone will be there stoned? <laughs> well, and, and they'll be there longer because now you can hang out in Gallagher Way. What, like an extra hour? And then sometimes when they have other events, you can be out there. I guess. Did you see that story? That yeah, this was this has been going on a long time. Is that the Cubs were very upset? They've always had a very contentious relationship with the alderman in Lakeview, uh, Tom Tunney. And so the idea is, when the Gallagher Way was built, was that anybody could go at any time. And Tunney shut that down. He shut down a whole bunch of stuff about liquor sales, about how many events they could have. And so the Cubs were never happy with it, but they're still negotiating things, even though the Cubs tried to run somebody against him. Well, are, I think they got the liquor sales. They passed. got, well, the, the, what they did just now is they've increased the liquor sales. So before there was no hard liquor, I think it was just beer and wine. Yeah. And now you're going to have an ability to get hard liquor. Uh, you're going to be able to get it later after the game ends and a little bit earlier before the game starts. So they've increased the hours. Um, but Yeah, they, so when you want that, ten dollar beer before the game you can show up a little earlier and get an extra one uh no no you could have done that last year but what you can do now is you can also get yourself a nice you know scotch on the rocks or something i don't i i know but i'm saying the hours are longer so you can just show up and Ah. you can get two or three beers rather than the one beforehand yeah because because all you want to do before a cubs game is spend ten dollars on every beer yeah, just because you're practicing for the actual game. It used to be that the Gallagher Way drinks were cheaper than in the bleachers, and now that is not the case. So that, that changed last year. 
In fact, like, because I was drinking those Bone and V alcoholic seltzers, they were actually more expensive in Gallagher Way than in the bleachers. For some for some reason, you can get a 16 ounce for like, I mean, per ounce kind of thing, you know. But the Cubs are going to also be able to have more events that they wanted, kind of like not big events, so not like a concert with like, you know, Motley Crue, but kind of smaller events too. It just seemed like with, with the way that the, the wording was before with Tony and stuff like that is it was like, you either had your Wiggle Worms, which is like a little singing group that for kids that they do, and there's Motley Crue, but and there's no in between. And the Cubs are now going to start kind of having kind of some more. Danny, you performed in one of those medium-sized events. Was it last year? Yeah, yeah. We had uh, the uh, 1060 uh, block party with that was thrown by the Metro. We played at that last year. It was it was really fun, a great event, and you know they, you know had the they made liquor sales that day. They had some food there. They they had some food trucks that came through there. I mean, it's. I mean, I had fun there when it was a parking lot too. But you know, it's nice to have it there for the game times. It's cool that one thing I know the Cubs are fighting for that I don't think they got was the idea that a non-ticketed uh, uh, person could be in there. So, like, if you don't have a ticket to the Correct. game, you can't go in. And I and I think that that's still the case. And that's one thing they were really fighting for. Right. That they so on a one twenty game, on a one twenty game, roughly about ten ten thirty ish, they clear the kind of entire park. They have the, they have the, they have like these guardrails and stuff like that. They clear it, and then you got to come in and do the uh, scan. Like you got to have your ticket scanned to go into the park. So you you get your ticket scanned just like you were entering a game. You got to kind of have they check your pockets and you got to go through some, you know, the, the metal detectors and stuff like that. And then you're able to kind of hang around in there. But at a certain time, like I said, it's just it's gated off. It's closed off unless you have your ticket. Yeah. They even freaking frisk you to go into the Chris Kindle market. Yep. That's how it is. Never got frisked to go into the parking lot. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got frisked after being in the parking lot. I was going to say you got frisked coming out of that parking <laughs> yeah, lot. Didn't you? So um, I guess there's really nothing to talk. The Cubs have done nothing all winter, um, but we're doing more than the Cubs. Like right, throwing well, parties. Should, and- should we just real fast in case people didn't know? Like, say, what, do you think people care what these guys are making? No, like, we didn't really say what. Well, Chris is getting eighteen point six. Javi's getting ten. Schwarber's getting seven. Wilson's getting four and a half. Almora one and a half. Uh, Kyle Ryan just under a million. Yeah, I still so. think they just should have given Almora a gift certificate to Gibson Steakhouse or something. <laughs> That's pretty much all he's worth. I don't know. I mean, I I really do feel like. Everybody keeps saying this Josh Donaldson not signing is holding up the situation and that the Nationals and the Braves. I mean, there's a lot of smoke out there, but I don't know if it's just reverberatory smoke, memetic smoke, you know. See, and, and I don't understand this shit. Like, unless you're seriously thinking about signing Josh Donaldson, why would it slow you? Like, I mean, I guess they're trying to trade with people who want Josh Donaldson and those guys aren't doing it, but why isn't anybody signing him? Like, is that a Josh Donaldson issue? It's a Josh Donaldson issue. He has multiple offers for three years. I want to say Atlanta, Minnesota, and I think there's one other team that's not in my head right now, but he's pushing for a fourth year. Yeah. Oh, so he's just trying. So the first team that gives him a fourth year wins. Probably. Correct. He's trying to see who blinks first. Yeah. And then, Fuck you, Josh Donaldson. Yeah, I mean, other I, teams have shit they want to do. 
Yeah. Hey, man, if you're Josh Donaldson, you know, this is, you know, it, he was struggling for a while and he was injured for a while. And then he's had a nice resurgence. So this is going to be well, it for him. Uh, you know, his it's last gonna, contract. It's going to be a fourth year like uh, you Darvish's fourth year was or his sixth year. Remember that whole thing? Like he wanted an extra year, wanted an extra year. And the Cubs had him at one hundred and twenty five million. And then they went to one twenty six with a sixth year. And then all of a sudden they got him. It's like. It only costs one million dollars to get a whole extra year. Like I don't even understand why why teams fucking worry about this shit. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of it right now. Is everybody's kind of staring at each other, waiting to see if he'll get that fourth year. I mean, if it's if you're Donaldson, go with what you like. Go with the team, you know, that you think. I mean, he had a good season in Atlanta, you know. You know, I don't, right. I, I don't, you know, but again, it's his last contract. So you're going to try to make every dollar you can. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just don't understand mm-hmm. why these guys go for, you know, it's like, like the Darvish deal when it only went up by a million, but he got an extra year and that seemed to make the difference. That didn't make sense to me at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, the one good thing that we can say, I want to say this is that, the Cubs are not the Rockies. Have you seen this? Like, I mean, the fact that they're trying to trade Arenado right now and After doing all this they dumb just shit. signed him. Yeah, they signed him last year to a $260 million contract that, and he was fine with it. The Rockies themselves talked him into putting opt-out clauses into it. So, like, not only did they fucking uh, get their guy, but then they gave themselves a worse deal. And then one year in, they're trying to trade trade him, him. and nobody will fucking take the deal because it's too much money right now. Yeah, I mean, and Arenado's great, but, I mean, he's making a shit ton. You know, he makes about 35, a year. yeah, exactly. Which is, which is why it makes no sense that the Cubs would take well, on this. Yeah, the other, here's the other trouble though with the, with that is like you said, the opt out clauses they gave him. So if you want to get Arenado, it's going to cost you young prospects or major league ready players. And which he might is, leave in a minute, right? And he, that's the thing that worries people. He, he, it's it's essentially the same issue with Chris Bryant. Whether he has one years or two years, you're going to have to give up a lot, and you're not going to have a lot with him, a lot yeah. of time with him. Can you imagine, though, if they had signed, if they did sign Chris Bryant, they give him the 200 and something million, and then literally the next year, we're having this conversation that we've been having this winter, that they're trying to trade him and trying to, like... Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, that's what it would be. Yeah, if you <clears throat> think you hate the Ricketts, fuck, these people out here hate well, the uh, Monforts. And, and I think one thing that the players, just to kind of come full circle with this and talk about like the guy I was talking to a uh, Brian at club 400 who works with Rachel Folden when it, you know the all the and all the computer analytics and he was telling me about like virtual like you can hook up a virtual reality situation in which you could basically face Clayton Kershaw and pause to see where his arm slot is on a fastball in this by the sixth inning versus the second inning and have all that information you you know, you know, it, it, that's where they're going to go with it. And so if you're the kind of have the kind of brain and you've got baseball talent, and you have the kind of brain that can pick up that stuff, you know, through 
the knowledge that you know you can utilize, you can get a guy like David Bodie who's not making that much money. If his brain is working analytically in this way, he can be much, much better than somebody who maybe can't think that way but has tons of raw talent. Like, I can't even give an example. Like, maybe that Reese Hoskins that Mitch Williams said got fucked up by all the analytics. So, like, you look at these giant contracts and you're like, why hand them out at all when you could turn uh, spin straw into gold with uh, Rachel Folden? And the other issue that you tend to have, and it was one of the stupidest things that the MLB union ever did, MLB Players <laughs> Union, was just agree to that lu- the the luxury test. It's just a, it's just really turned into a de facto cap. That's you know really it's it's not you know we can all hate the Ricketts all you want. This is going on with multiple cities and multiple teams. Yeah, and they're yeah. all getting into this drive line and all this analytical stuff, and they're like, I I want to be I, I want to develop my players. That's going to be. Then I could keep my payroll low. You just get, you, you hit with prospect after prospect after prospect because you've got this proprietary system in which you increase the spin rate or like how a, a, a slider dives in the pitch labs or or getting a little bit more torque on out of your freaking core. <laughs> you right. Well, and we've been right saying side. on this show for a long time, the market inefficiency right now is not paying minor league players. The first team that starts to pay their players and keep them in the system all year long and not not making them go out and fucking work at the car wash or the McDonald's over the winter, you know, as soon as they get those guys in there for the whole year and work with them because they paid them like 50 grand so that they could actually live for the whole year. uh, That team is going to fucking start hitting on way more prospects than the teams that don't do that. Yeah, well, uh, you know, from your lips to the baseball gods' ears, it's it's about time that these guys stop living in poverty, like making barely like twelve grand or something like that. You know, when they're trying to actually train their body and and become a better ball player, and they can't because they can't even afford rent to an apartment. Well, you got your bonus babies who are living off the bonus and then getting paid very little to actually those bonus play babies. The games. People think that these players make a lot of that bonus thing. That only lasts up to like, like a, a serious amount of money. Only lasts like the first round, maybe two, where they're getting up near million uh, or whatever a million dollars. Like I think after the first round, I think it fucking drops way off yeah. to, you know, five hundred thousand. That's a ton of money, but it's not like you can live forever off of the 500 grand or even the 1 million that they're getting at the end of. But then there's a lot of guys. It it happens quick. And there's a lot of guys that don't get, you know, when when you get down to the lower rounds and you've got just dudes competing for a job surrounded by. They're not getting anything except for a chance. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're getting their 3,500, but I, I, but I think people think that these guys get these bonuses when they sign in because you hear about, the Chris Bryant, what he got or whatever, when he signed as a, you know, minor leaguer, maybe it was like 6 million bucks or something like that. But they think that's what happens for everybody. But literally that only happens for the top, like 10 guys. And then it starts to drop to a, you know, more around the million mark. And then it quickly drops below that until you're into maybe the third or fourth round. These guys are getting like 50,000 bucks. Yeah. Well, ninth round, Ninth round for the Cubs last year, Tyler Schlaffer reported a $250,000 bonus. 
Oh, okay, nice. Uh, a lot, uh, and it following draft picks got one hundred twenty-five thousand bonus. Okay, so it's a little it's a little deeper than what I was saying, but that's still. You're going to have to pay to pay taxes on that. Your agent gets a cut of it. All this other stuff that once it starts getting sliced down, it's not the life changing money you think. Well, yeah, that, that's not actually going to get you through the five. That's not going to get you through the minors. Years it takes to get to. The, yeah, that's not going to get you the, through the minors. You get drafted. You're you're I mean, maybe if you're out of college or whatever, which, by the way, you might have paid for at least partially. Unless you're you're probably there on a baseball scholarship, but you, you know you might also be supporting your entire family in the Dominican. Yeah, you know, and this is yeah a, that that whole two hundred fifty grand that you got did just go change some lives, but it's not your life. Well, and uh, it looks like, and but if you look at some of these names on here that the Cubs uh, drafted, I don't think any of these guys are supporting their families in the in the Dominican. You have. Um, you have an Ethan, a Tyler, a Hunter, oh, yeah. a Porter, a Zach, an Adam. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not thinking that's uh, those are all you know California travel league boys, I believe. Right, Porter and Hunter, Porter, <laughs> Tanner, <laughs> Tanner's on here, uh, Zach. I'm kind of jumping the gun here about the TFCs or something. I don't know if you you saw this the other day. I'm gonna I'm I had it and I can't find it right now. But there was a uh, there's a tweet yesterday about somebody that had uh, there was a Japanese company that made a baseball game, but they didn't have a licensing deal with MLB, so they basically had these Japanese guys come up with American names. <laughs> it was uh, pretty funny to kind of hear some of those names that they were coming up with, just these random what they thought were American names. What, what do they got? You got anything? I'm looking for it. I had it, and I don't know where it went. Well, I, I'll give my TFC as long as we're there. And it's fucking Mitch Williams. for Because I let down my hair, which I've grown long now, and it was flowing out my back. I of my, saw the picture. Yeah, yeah, Mitch Williams was probably fucking jealous of that. Yeah, well, I said, I'm like, Mitch, I'm like, I, I, I'm so inspired. I had to let down my mullet tonight. And he goes, mullet? More like a skullet. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh shit, do I have a skullet? Because I don't see the back of my head. And I do. And I didn't. And I kind of knew I did. And I ignored it. And now I took a picture of the top of my head. And I am mortified with myself. So I'm thinking that I'm getting a haircut at this point because I've done. I was like, why do I have this mullet? What's the point of it? Why do I have long hair? It's a pain in my ass. I've never had long hair before. Why am I doing this? And it might have just been to interview Mitch Williams and then cut it. Wow. Or right? it's just that Mitch Williams finally sh- shown some light on that shiny part of the back of your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's, it, here's my TFC. It, here. And it reflected into the rest of the room. Well, he was probably standing well above you. Yeah, he's, he's a big like, dude. Like, I can't see, man. So I'm looking at this here. It's called Fighting Baseball for Super Famicom. Some Japanese guy had to come up with a whole league of fake American names. So one of them is Bobson Dugnut. Yeah, he's not on this draft pick list. We got Tylers and Hunters, but no Bobsons. Bobson Dugnut. uh, (laughs) Well, that's Bob's son. It's the Japanese thing. Glenn Allen Mixon. Ooh, Ooh, Glenn Allen Mixon. Anatol Smorin. <laughs> oh, that, and that sounds like a uh, 
like a Russian name. Sounds like a cough syrup. Anson Sweeney. Anson. Anson. O N S O N. Nice. Sleeve McDykel. <laughs> didn't he used to? He was wait, in the bullpen. Did you say Steve or Sleeve? Sleeve McDykel. <laughs> Sleeve McDykel. That sounds like a name. Uh, we. I I would love to just see a bunch of jerseys. Well, you know that we sounds. Start ex- doing the Japanese baseball league jersey. Well, there's with McDykel on the back of it. There, well, there's Steve McMichael. What about Willie Dustus? <laughs> Willie Dustus. <laughs> and there's Mike Truck, T-R-U-K. Yeah, that's oh, a guy. Oh, yeah, I wonder who that is. And then they have a guy named Sean, S-H-O-W-N, Fercati. Sean Fercati. That's Sean. <laughs> Sean, Sean Fercati. Uh, I mean, these names are just absolutely hilarious. The other TFC I had uh, that made me laugh a lot is it has to do with the guys over at the Heckler. And think about this. The Cubs are the last team of this decade that didn't cheat to win a World Series that we know of, right? Well, yeah, that we know of. Look, the Royals. We have, well, the last one. So let's say we disqualify oh, Houston one, yeah. from the, winning the World Series, you know? Well, the Nationals, did they cheat? I'm going to have to take a look here. I have the tweet right here by the heckler, but. I was very impressed with the fact that the Cubs technically might still be considered the World Series champs. But did the National – I don't know if the, the Nationals cheated, though. I think the Nationals might have just – because nobody's saying they cheated. Yeah, nobody said that, I don't think. Well, this is a heck Especially since they sucked at – well, both of those teams sucked at home. Okay, so they do have a list. And so it's kind of – you know, it's a heckler, so it's a funny thing, but it says – 2019. So he's going down the list of all the cheating that's gone on the entire decade, and they they've determined the Cubs are the only ones that not did not cheat. So 2017, Houston Astros, right? We know that they were camera sign stealing. That's the only way to nullify the pitching dominance of you, Darvish. 2018, Boston Red Sox. Please see today's headlines. 2019, Washington Nationals hasn't been announced yet, but they literally live in a city of scandal. Any day we'll find out some senator paid some umps off to help the Nats overcome the Astros' surveillance cameras. Yeah, Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court Justice, big Nats fan. He could have fucking got the fix in. Yeah. I, I hate to tell everybody this, but uh, Jason Hayward's big speech in that uh, weight room Gee. was, uh, I pulled the fire alarm, guys. Uh, we got a few minutes to collect ourselves. 2015, so, Kansas Jason, City. <laughs> Jason Hayward pulled the fire alarm, cheating. 2015 Kansas City Royals. How does a bunch of hicks from Rubetown, Missouri, like the Royals, defeat a Mets that included Thor? They cheated. 2014 World Series MVP Madison Bumgarner had pre-series Tommy John surgery to add illegal amounts of ligaments in his left arm. (laughs) 2013 Boston Red Sox. Somebody, somehow nobody noticed they hired a special video coordinator from the neighborhood just for the World Series, Bill Belichick. Ah, yeah. When are we going to get to the Tommy John surgery that puts in actually like more ligaments or better ligaments? Like instead of being ligaments, it's going to be like fucking carbon fiber or something. You could get like a, like a a monkey's uh, ligament. 
you know, make it all flexible, like how they can like hang from trees and shit. Like just put a fucking straight up goddamn chimpanzee arm on yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And just like, or like, you know, because there's more powerful animals than humans. Like just fucking transplant a goddamn gorilla arm on yourself and just fucking, yeah. you know, why not? Let's go. We're all primates. All right. Um, that, there's the show, I guess. I'm looking for, we have a month, one month. Until we got some spring train, well, till pitchers and catchers, which they still have not announced what day it is. I don't believe. Uh, I thought they announced it was the twelfth. Oh, it is. So that's what I thought I saw, but uh, I think I put it in the Rangers calendar as the tenth, and but I did put observed just in case it was wrong. <laughs> so I, I didn't fucking know. You can. That's a that's a life lesson, life hack. Anytime you don't know the date of something, just put observed. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So there's the show. Uh, look for your Rangers calendar. I'll see a bunch of you guys Saturday uh, at the unconventional. I'll see even more of you at the Cubs convention. I will be there a little bit. I got other shit to do, like band stuff, but um, I'll stop by. And um, Spagog. Spagog. Spagog! Wrote a little song with Kenny Rogers about Tom Ricketts not showing up to Cubs convention. Again. Everyone considered him the coward of the Cubbies. He won't come out to face the fans out at the convention. Poor little frightened Tommy, his belly's turning yellow. He doesn't want to hear complaints that he cut off the fun. After 2016, we were chanting, thank you, Tommy. Now Cub fans are angry and he doesn't want to come. He went way over budget, he's completely out of money. So come spend all your hard-earned dough out at the Sheraton. Better show up. You wanna own the Cubs Looking like a chicken to the fans Tom can't take the heat But he'll take all your money Selling Budweiser beer Ten bucks a can And next year he still wants you in the stands Everyone considered him the coward of the cubbies. Come on, Tom. We love you and your family. We want to see you. Come on out to CubsCon. Give us a panel. Huh? I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. 
To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> 